0: Father God and our Lord Jesus Christ, we just want to uh, we just come before you today. You know, we, we, we're going to look right at your words, Lord Jesus. We're going to look at your words and what they say. And uh, I just pray that, just as Debbie was saying earlier about uh, Ezekiel and the dry bones, I just pray you breathe life into us, Lord, yeah. that we have life according to your word, Lord God. I pray, God, that you open people's ears and open their eyes. Please help us see what you want us to see. Please let us learn from you today. Amen. Amen. Amen Amen Okay, cool. so. Um, ooh, okay. So uh, last time, I, uh, I preached on um, persecution, and we studied, or looked at specifically, uh, this verse, which is, "Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven." Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now, at the end of uh, that sermon, I said I would actually uh, revisit uh, this topic, uh, as there is more to say on it and probably even more to say on it than what I even have today, because the whole New Testament is kind of filled with it as well, since they were under a lot of heavy persecution at that time. But, um, but today I want to hone in particularly on, on the how to be or how to act in, in the face of persecution. So, so what we're going to look at today, uh, specifically we're going to look at the instructions that Jesus gave his 12 disciples before he sent them out on their first mission, uh, alone, and we're gonna look at those words and see how it applies to us today. Okay, so let's quickly recap what we learned last time for those who've missed it and those who need their mind jogging about uh, persecution. Okay, so recap what is it? Okay, so persecution is receiving hostility and hatred from other people. Okay? This can be anything from someone uh, calling you names or backbiting you to more serious physical abuse and even death. Okay? Why are we hated? Now, there are many different reasons for being persecuted. It's not just for being a Christian as well. But the one which the Bible focuses on is persecution for being affiliated with God. Okay? Being affiliated with Christ. It's being in Christ and walking in his righteousness. The world hates us because it hates him okay? Why is he hated? Because he is light, and he exposes people's dark deeds. If people really knew him, they would hate him, okay, if they didn't. You know, if they weren't in him. Okay? People hate feeling judged or condemned. Okay? We are if we are walking in the light as Jesus did as well, then we too will make people uncomfortable by our actions and our behavior. That's not by being weird and shouting Bible verses at them and telling them the end is nine, but it's just it's just living in righteousness, okay, and not following the pattern of the world and its lusts and its pleasures. Is it a definite as persecution? Is persecution a definite? Yes. Uh, I've put definitely. You can bet your life on it, but in a more joking manner. But seriously, like um, Jesus promises that all persec- uh, sorry that persecution will meet all of his followers, uh, as he said. Oh, I didn't have it there. As he said, a disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. Okay. If they have called the master of the household Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? Okay, if Jesus suffered, we will suffer too. Okay, we, are no be- we are no better than our master. Okay? So, since we're guaranteed suffering at the hands of those who actually who hate Christ, let's look at his instructions, his wisdom, and his encouragements today. Okay? So, instructions to the twelve. Okay, now, I want to look at particularly uh, Matthew 10 today okay now i haven't put this up on the screen because it's a big chunk i'm reading from so so please if you if you have a bible or a bible app or um whatever okay uh then please turn to uh it will be matthew 10 um from verse 16 and we'll go from there. Okay? And while you're finding that, I'll just give you a bit of background. So, 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 so here, Jesus is literally about to send his 12 disciples on their first mission uh, without him, on their own. Okay? Sending them out in twos and that, right? And after laying down some ground rules, uh, you tell, you know, telling them where to go, where not to go, uh, what to take with them, what not to take with them, what to do when entering towns and villages and all that stuff, he, he gets onto the subject of hostility. Okay? And we'll pick it up from there. Again if you're reading it's it's Matthew 10 verse 16 we'll go from there verse 16 all right behold i'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves so be wise as serpents and innocent as doves A disciple is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the disciple to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If they've called the master of the house Beelzebub, how much more will they malign those of his household? We just said that before. So have no fear of them, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Do not think I have come to bring peace on the earth. I have not come to bring peace but a sword. I have come to set a man against his father and a daughter against her mother and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law and a person's enemies will be those of his own household. Whoever loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Amen. 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 Now, as much as I would love to and preach the whole thing, we don't have the time. And I don't want to keep you here for three hours. I don't want to keep myself here for three hours. So, um, it's far too long. Okay. So... uh, but I want to just pick up some key points here that Jesus is making okay so let's let's pick up some key points okay so sheep amongst wolves let's look at that okay behold I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves we're sheep Mm -hmm. yep that's that's the analogy we are the sheep okay now I don't know if you've ever looked at a sheep recently there's one there and I've even got a a better picture there There well Okay? They're not particularly dangerous, really. Um, and they're not particularly smart either. Um, the only clever sheep are those who actually stick closely with their shepherd. Any other sheep are just plain dumb. Okay? They, they are dependent creatures. Uh, they're, they're, throughout history, they're, they're, they've uh, recorded time. They've you know, just been dependent on man mainly. Okay? The only wild and solitary sheep you will ever see are usually those places devoid of large predators that can take them out. Okay? Unfortunately for us, we are not in a place devoid of predators. Okay? As Jesus says, we are in the midst of a very large pack of wolves. Our enemies literally surround us. Okay? We are pressed on every side. Being a Christian isn't safe. Okay? It's a complete and utter hazard. Okay, all right, who really, uh, I mean, I can actually just ask you this, who would actually stand amongst a pack of wild wolves and feel 100% safe and secure? Anyone? I'm going to put my hand down, but I hope not. You're braver than me if you do, or stupid, I don't know, really. Okay, real life is not the jungle book, okay? Mowgli would be, desired, would be devoured by the wolves, he wouldn't be raised by them, okay? That's just It just doesn't work that way, okay? Wolves in the Bible... Particularly, and in that ancient culture, are seen as cruel, greedy, aggressive, and destructive creatures. They're not looked on in a good light. Okay, they prey on the weak. Okay, like sheep, and uh, and they are basically the people who hate Christ and hate us. Okay, and we can look at who are they exactly. Who are they exactly? Well, they're, they can be anyone. Um, Jesus goes so far as to say they exist among your own family. Um, there you go, picture of a wolf. Uh, brother will deliver brother over to death and the father his child and children will rise against their parents and have them put to death and you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Okay? Now, I don't know if you, if, I'm sure some of you know this, but I don't know if you all know this, if, 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 a, if a Muslim becomes a Christian, more, more than often, uh, a brother, sister, mother, father, whatever, will usually hunt down and kill them. For the glory of Allah, yeah. okay. They're called honor killings, yeah. okay, and they are not rare at all, okay. They're a lot more common yeah. than you would believe, even in Western culture, yeah. okay. So, so that's kind of one case against family against against family, but, but let's get, getting away from more extreme persecution as well, okay. Uh, a lot of you probably have suffered from persecution in the hands of your family and friends already. Okay. Uh, if you're the only Christian in your family, right? Uh, for example, I, I know I know loads of people have just suffered insults and, uh, and mockery, and even certain levels of abuse just because they're a Christian. That's from their mum, from their dad, from siblings, whatever. Uh, in school and, and work, there's a high risk of being bullied or hated or whatever if if, you, if you're a Christian. I, I I remember when I was at school, I, I got mocked, you know, and that's by my own friends, you know, just just because I loved God, you know. Um, and, and it doesn't just stop there either. The, the wolves are not just family, friends or acquaintances or outside you know, other religions or whatever else. They're even amongst the church itself. Okay? You have false prophets, you have cults, you have imitation Christians. Okay? I'm sure you've heard the phrase wolves in sheep's clothing. Right? Okay? There's an enemy outside the church but there's also an enemy within it. Okay? We need to be aware of that. Okay, I said last, last time, I, I said off the cuff of my notes, that one of the greatest persecutors of the church in history has been the church itself. You know, religious leaders of Jesus' day. Uh, the, the Catholics in the Reformation, you know. So, the first point, first point, okay, because we are in the midst of many enemies, we should stick closely with our shepherd. Okay, we do not wander off, Okay. Jesus reigns in the midst of his, of his enemies. Okay? I remember David preached on that. And, and the psalmist says, uh, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Okay? He is our comforter in the valley of the shadow of death. Right? He is our refuge. He is our place of peace. He is a, a good shepherd who loves his sheep. Okay? So don't be the dumb sheep who wanders off on its own. Right. Okay? Away from its herd. Away from the shepherd. You're vulnerable. Sheep are not Hostile they're vulnerable. Okay, you will not survive on your own. You will either be eaten or maybe even converted into a wolf, like Mowgli was. Right? <laughs> Recognize you know you are not dependable sheep No, sorry, you are sorry, not you are dependable sheep who need their shepherd. So stick close to him and to each other as well. Okay, we are to depend on Christ if we want to survive. Now, knowing sheep are quite dumb. Jesus didn't allow that mentality to come to us. He he doesn't want us to be fools. He he modifies his picture of a sheep by adding another creature to the mix. Be wise as serpents. Because you are sheep amongst wolves, be like snakes, is basically what he's saying. Now, this will bring a few images to mind and uh, maybe even some reservations. Um, Snakes are... Seen as cunning, wise, deceptive, and even malicious creatures. Uh, Some of you may even think immediately of the snake in the Garden of Eden, right? Deceiving Eve, causing the fall of mankind. Don't really have a good rap, right? Um, But the thing is, Jesus is not telling us to be like serpents in every way, just in their wisdom. Okay? Now... There are a few Greek words for wisdom. Remember, when we look at a word, we don't, we don't look to the English dictionary, we look to the Greek dictionary, because that's what they mean, not the English. Okay? So, so there are a few Greek words for wisdom, okay? but the one Jesus specifically uses is, is the word phronymus. Okay? And that deals particularly with careful discernment. Okay? It's careful discernment. It's evaluating others wisely and being cautious of their character and motives, looking out for danger. Okay? Snakes, okay? Snakes, when it, when it comes to other predators, are usually quite good at staying alive. Okay? And they're, they're not bad at hunting themselves. But snakes are not stupid at all. Okay? They will quickly gauge whether something near it is a threat, and if it isn't. And if it is a threat, they'll make a sharp exit. Okay? Okay? Uh, I was reading a commentary, and, and it said, uh, The prudence of the serpent is especially apparent in the quickness of its perception of danger and the rapidity of which it escapes from it. Okay? And this is how Jesus tells us to be. Yeah. Okay? In the next sentence, he actually tells us, like, immediately after the sentence we're looking at, he says, Beware of men. Beware of men. Okay? The Bible says that he personally trusted no man. He knew what they were like. He didn't trust them. Okay? Later on, he even says, when they persecute you in one town, I think I've got it here, actually. Yeah, When they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. Flee to the next. So the second point is this. Be prudent in regard to your own safety. Okay? We are to be cautious of people and wise in how we handle them. Okay? We're to carefully examine and evaluate all people in all situations. Learn to read people's character and mot- motives. Learn when to, uh, to, to know when to speak, when non- not to speak. Learn to gauge what to say and what not to say. There's wisdom in that. Okay? We, should, we should never be naive or too trusting. Okay? Jesus wasn't. Jesus wasn't. Okay? He understood when Pharisees were laying traps for him, and he didn't step into them. He even set his own traps for them. You know? there, you know, there, were, there were times when you know, they tried to kill him, and he just walked away. You know? Jesus knew when to talk and when not to talk as well. You know, there were there were times he was silent, or he ignored people, or he avoided answering particular questions, or or he just plain walked away from, from all of it. You know? That's the way Jesus it's learned from him. That's who we're supposed to be like. Okay? Now, apart from Jesus, there are there's some, there's some great examples of people using shrewdness to escape danger in the the Bible, and I've, I've put down two of my favourites. Okay? One of them's King David. Okay? He, he, he at one time um, went to this camp and he, and, and, and he realised he was in danger of this king, and so he pretended to be a madman by drawing down his beard and uttering nonsense. Okay? And, uh, and, and, and he escaped. All right? and, and, then, and the other is Paul, and I really love this. He, he used his legal status against the Romans and got out of a trial by stating that he believed in the resurrection of the dead, which caused this, this this mass kind of argument between those who believed in the resurrection of the dead and those who didn't, and, the, and eventually the court was just adjourned, you know, because it was just it was so great. So so, so, so David escaped, and, and Paul's case was adjourned. They both used uh, shrewdness to escape danger. Being wise as serpents is about recognising danger and making wise choices to counteract it or to escape it. Which, which brings me to another point, which I've just put as another point, Okay, we do not run into danger. Okay, let me let me let me clarify that a bit. Okay, it's an honor to die for Christ. Okay, and it's an honor to, to 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 give your life for him. Okay, and and to go and do something that he's called you to do, even though there's danger all around. There's great honor in that. But we are not to search for our deaths. Okay, we are not to try to be martyrs. Yeah, yeah? you you know you, you just you just either are or you're not okay, people, people go into other countries and preach Christ crucified and resurrected there, they do it for the salvation of those people, all right, not for their own honor, they, they, they don't do it to literally see if they can die, okay, uh, they know they're at high risk on the front lines and they trust God with that, they trust God with their lives, okay, if they live it's to benefit the kingdom, if they die it's for their own gain, okay, to be with their master, they, you know, they don't make that decision though, they don't make that, God makes that, Okay? And they're more than happy with that. That's what we need to be as well. They're not seeking persecution. We just we just experience it naturally. So yeah, so, so all of this I, we should pray for this type of discernment and judgment of people. It's it's important. If Jesus is telling us to be like it, we should be asking for it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Jesus says you need need it, so please go ask him for it if you don't already have it. Let's move on. doves. Snakes are clever, but uh, I don't know if you know, they're quite bad-tempered, and if you actually corner them, they'll probably bite you. And uh, if they're poisoned enough, they'll kill you. So uh, it's not good, okay? But we're not to be like that, okay? We like to be servants in being wise, not in the way they react, okay? If we are to be like serpents in avoiding danger, we are to be like doves when we are in it, okay? It says, be innocent as doves. Oh, I've got ahead of myself on that one, but it's all right. So, the word innocent is uh, also translated harmless. Okay? You'll see it in different versions, right? And the Greek word basically means to be without guile. Okay? Uh, guile is kind of wisdom in a sense, but it does, it's not saying not be wise, it just means don't be deceptive, malicious, or, uh, or hostile. Okay? Doves have, since the beginning of recorded history, uh, always been a symbol of peace in many different cultures. And lay like sheep are not clever either. Uh, I don't know if you realise, but they'll be all to their nests just about anywhere in full danger of everything and anything that exists. Um, but the thing is, they are not hostile at all. Not hostile, okay? And so there are three things I want to look at that Jesus is pointing to in this description of the doves. And the first, I've just put it, I've already put it up. Do not retaliate, okay? We don't fight back. That's it. We don't fight back. If we are persecuted in any way, we do not offer our persecutors angry words or fingers or fists. Okay. Jesus was cursed. He was spat at. He was beaten. He was mocked, and he said nothing in return. Okay. We have this human desire to react and get our own back, and you know all of that, right? When wronged, and we 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 no, we don't give into it. We shouldn't give into it. Okay. We do not repay evil with evil, okay? We hold our tongue. Repay no one evil for evil. Never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by doing so you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil. Do not be overcome by evil. But overcome evil with good. Which brings us to the next point, which is do not resent. Okay? Now, it may be easy to control your actions, maybe, right? But your heart is a completely different matter. Completely different ball game. As Martin Lloyd Jones states in, in his book on the Sermon on the Mount, he says uh, uh, to, to be truly Christian is not simply to live in a state of repression. We don't just hold back our angry words. It's not enough to hold your tongue. We also need to rid ourselves of any bitterness, malice and hatred we have as well. Jesus loved us when we hated him. We need to take that and we need to love our enemies, though they may physically or verbally abuse us. Look at his words in Luke. I say to you who hear... Okay? Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. To one who strikes you on the cheek, offer the other. Okay? Uh, from, uh, and from the one who takes away your cloak, do not withhold your tunic either. Give to everyone who begs from you and from one who takes away your goods, do not demand them back. And as you wish that others would do to you, so do to them. Paul also says in Ephesians let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you get rid of that stuff along with malice okay be kind instead to one another tender hearted forgiving one another as, as just as Christ uh, sorry just as God in Christ forgave you therefore be imitators of God as beloved children walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and a sacrifice to God if we are living in his righteousness, if we are already kind of doing or being the other Beatitudes, this will be a natural response for us. Okay? He doesn't put uh, you know, blessed are the persecuted first, he puts it last. Because okay? you have to go through this whole process before you get there. Okay, if you're already living in His righteousness, this will be our natural response. Remember, we are new creations, new men, new women. Okay, we need to put on our new selves and take off our old, dead selves uh, that were once uh, that were just you know completely messed up. Okay, we 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 put that down. Okay, let us pray as Paul did for the Ephesians that we grow more and more in love. Okay, let's be rooted down in love. that it overflow. You know? If love is your response to hatred, then and, and here's what happens. Your persecutors are going to notice something. And they're going to do one of two things. They'll hate you more. Might be one response, I'm not going to lie. Or they'll see the glory and righteousness of Christ in you and eventually repent. And that is not new. Okay, That's happened many times in the history of martyrs. So our third point is this. Don't hate but love your enemy in action and in heart. Okay? And I've got a final point on the dove. Don't sin. Doves are harmless and we should be the same when others hate us, but they're also pure and innocent. Okay? The previous two points are more about showing love while being hated, but this point is more about ensuring we don't suffer for injustice, the wrong thing. Okay? Now, Again, it's something I haven't uh, put down on the screen because it's quite long. But uh, Peter says this. If, if you want to turn to it, please do. It's one Peter, uh, chapter two, verse eleven. But I'll just start reading. Beloved. I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from passions of the flesh which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct amongst the Gentiles honourable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it's the emperor, or in our case, prime minister, or in America's case, president, uh, as supreme, or to the governors... MPs or police force or whatever, as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. This is the will of God, okay? That by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honour everyone. Love the brotherhood, that's the church. Fear God, honour the emperor. That's our leader in in, in Britain or whatever, okay? Okay? Servants, be subject to your masters, that's workers, which I think is most of you, if not all of you, right? Uh, Be subject to your bosses, okay, there you go, Uh, with all respect. Not only to the good ones, the gentle, but also, exactly, to the unjust ones, okay? This is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if, when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? What credit is there in that? But when you do good and suffer for that and you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin. Neither was there deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued uh, entrusting himself to him who judges justly. That's God. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed. He also says later on that none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer or evildoer or as a meddler. So point four, I want to get out of the sun. <laughs> see now. Point four, don't suffer for doing wrong. Is this going to work and is it going to feedback? back? Oh, it's all right. It seems all right. Sorry, guys. Bye. <laughs> uh, don't suffer for doing wrong. Okay. Be good. Obey the law. Do what is right at work. Don't give people the ability to grass you up. Okay. Uh, don't retaliate. Don't resent. Okay. We all know bosses can sometimes get on our nerves. Don't 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 give in to it. Okay. Don't give people an opportunity to look down on God and those who follow Him. Don't give them that opportunity. There was a man, I can't remember his name, he was, he was a scientist, and, um, and he basically argued the case for creation uh, against evolution. He did a remarkable job of it. Uh, I thought, I thought it, was re- it was really impressive. However, he got done because he, uh, he evaded his taxes, and he got caught out on it. And he got so much slander, as you can imagine, from just about every atheist who was against him, um, just for that point. They were like, oh, you know, he's, he, he doesn't know what he's talking about because he messed up, you know. A big portion of people hate Christians for being hypocrites. Big portion, okay. Uh, the typically, in fact, me, me and the youth went through a load of stats before just about different reasons why people hate Christianity. Uh, and hypocrites was one of the top of the list. But, but the typical excuse a Christian gives is usually, oh, we're just people like you. We get it wrong too, Okay. Though that's true, that's kind of not good enough, really. Okay, that is not good enough. Because God tells us otherwise. Um, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Okay, here's the thing. It's better that people hate Christians for being righteous and being like Jesus than if they do wrong, okay, for being hypocrites. We don't want to be hated for being hypocrites. We want to be hated for being righteous, we need, to, we need to get that. Right, let's move on. <laughs> right, the chimera. Okay? I don't know if you guys know, but a chimera is a, a mythical beast in ancient history. And uh, it's usually a mix of three different animals. Usually a lion, a goat, and a snake. Though in this one, you have a dragon in there too, for some reason. Okay? But our mix, however, is a sheep, snake, dove. Okay? Well, I'm just being—I'm just being weird. I, I, I try to make a little picture, but you can't really see it. It's like a snake merged with a dove merged with a sheep. I have too much free time, obviously. Um, <laughs> but 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 the point is, uh, you know, we need to take these words seriously that Jesus gives us right at the start. You know, you are sheep amongst fierce wolves. Be as discerning as doves in the way. Uh, Sorry, discerning as snakes, rather, in the way you think. Don't be like doves in the way you think. That would be terrible. Be like snakes in the way you think and be harmless and innocent like doves in the way you love. Um, Martin Luther King Jr. uh, says, I don't know if you can see it because the light's on it, but he says, uh, we must combine the toughness of the serpent with the softness of the dove, a tough mind and a tender heart. So let's learn from that, church. Now that's the main bulk of kind of what I wanted to share with you because it's a big subject. But there are two more brief points I actually want to really quickly cover. Okay. First, who to fear? Okay. What do you think? Yep. Do not fear those who can kill the body. Oh, sorry. Do not fear those who kill the body, rather, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. We generally get confused with this idea of fearing God. Some people, have, people have many different views on this, okay? And and some of us, through it, get, get worried. You know, when he tells us not to fear, we worry about getting scared of dying, or getting scared of bullied, or getting scared of being cursed, or whatever, um, in some way. For him, thinking, you know, um, you know, we shouldn't have any fear at all. We should be, you know, and then start to worry when we do get scared. Okay? All this verse is basically saying is this: fear the consequences of who team up with. Okay? Now, it's okay to be scared. Okay? You know, don't, don't think people who are close to martyrdom are, 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 are perfectly okay. There's, there's fear there. Okay? But here's the thing. If your fear causes you to abandon God and join the world, then you've lost. If your fear causes you to abandon God and join the world, you've lost. Okay? The question you face when being persecuted is this. Do you obey God even though you may suffer for it, or do you obey man in order to avoid it and free yourself from it? Okay? The fear of God far outweighs the fear of men. Okay? We are not to be scared of God, understand. Okay? He is our loving father, but we are to fear what God will do and what will happen if we deny his son and say we have no part of him. If we say we have no part of him, we won't have any part of him. Okay? Be careful. Polycarp was a was a disciple of John the Apostle, and he was martyred in his 80s, maybe his 90s, depending on how you take one of his quotes, right? And, and this is what he says um, to his judge. Um, you threaten me with fire, which burns for an hour, and is then extinguished, but you know nothing of the fire of the coming judgment and the eternal punishment reserved for the ungodly. Polycarp was more fearful of the eternal punishment of God ...than the short persecution of man. Yet he loved God dearly, understand. it wasn't oh, 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 scared of God. He loved God. He's scared of the punishment. Okay, Learn to fear God, church. Learn to fear God. And, and, and the other thing is... ...if you're worried about how you were act ...or what you were saying... ...when bullied or dragged off under arrest... ...or whatever. whatever okay, uh, then Jesus' words bring you some encouragement. He says, when they deliver you over... Do not be anxious how you are to speak, what you are to say, for what you are to say will be given to you in that hour. For, what you, uh, for it is not what you speak, but the spirit of your Father speaking through you. Jesus at the end of Matthew, when he tells his disciples to go into all the world making disciples, uh, which makes them prime targets for persecution, he says this, he says, I am with you always till the end of the age. You will never be alone when being persecuted in any way. In fact, kind of, the more you face it, the closer God draws near to you. you know, some, in, some incredible, amazing, unbelievable things have happened on the front lines of, of missionary and, uh, and, and, and missions and all of that sort of stuff. You know, um, Throughout the centuries, when, when people have been faced with insults, pers- you know, abuse, death, they, they experience amazing things and, and amazing closeness with God. You're never closer to God than when you're kind of on the front lines in that sense, when you're, when you're being attacked for your own faith. Okay, he draws near to you. So draw near to him. Second point, oh, second last point, whatever. Don't despair, rejoice. In suffering under persecution, the question might just be, uh, why me? Why? Well, why is this happening to me? That's not. It's not fair. It's not fair. I thought this would be easy or whatever. Listen to John and Peter. Do not be surprised, brothers that the world hates you, John says. And Peter says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the theory trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Don't be freaked out when it happens. Don't think, well, why? Why is this happening? This doesn't make sense. It does make sense. Jesus has explained it. This is not a surprise. Do not forget that being hated for Christ is not only something that will definitely happen, okay, if you are a genuine Christian, but something that God rewards and blesses. Okay? Jesus says we are to rejoice when being persecuted. Okay, I explained more about that in my previous sermon. If you really want to look back on it, I'm not going to go too much into detail, but I'll give you some headlines quickly so so, so, you, so you understand why we should be rejoicing. Uh, confirmation. Okay? Those who are persecuted are the real deal. Persecuted for righteousness, that is. If you're persecuted for Righteousness in Christ, you are the real deal. It's proof that you are becoming more righteous, that you are actually being a light, um, that you are actually growing in faith and love and obedience to God. Otherwise, it wouldn't happen. Okay, It wouldn't happen otherwise. Uh, these trials will show that your faith is genuine, Peter says. And it's also an opportunity for more growth, if you, if you, look, if you go read James. Destination. Christ lived for you and died for you. Remember your baptism. For those who are baptized, right? remember you're baptized, you died with him, you were raised with him. He paid your price so that when all is said and done on this earth, after every struggle in this world, after every temptation, after every hardship, after every persecution, we'll be able to rest for the rest of eternity. Amen. Okay? The one who endures to the end will be saved. Okay? You have a reward in heaven. You know, Colin was talking about dancing, that's something to dance about. I'm not going to pretend. I'm not going to dance right now because I'm, I'm terrible at dancing. But seriously, that, that's that's exciting. Good news, okay? You're part of the kingdom of God, okay? You're going to be resurrected. You, you know, you, you're not going to die and stay dead. You're going to come back to life. That's a good thing, right? That's there's, there's hope. You've got hope, okay? You're coming back, you know, and you're going to live forever, not here, but on a better earth with no with no death, no tears, no no, no none of that. Okay? The trials in this life are worth nothing in comparison to that great reward. Really, honestly, it's worth nothing in comparison. Yep. The reward far outweighs even a lifetime of abuse and torture. Okay? So set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. Yes. Okay? We need to keep our eyes above guys, okay, not on temporary pleasures, uh, not, not on the stuff that people of this world engross themselves in. You don't want to get caught out, because here's the thing, if, if, we get, if we focus on here and we don't focus on there, okay, we're not going to be able to rejoice and, and won't have any hope when our trials come upon us here. You know, you know like the, 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 the parable of the, the seed, and, and, and it's, you know, it's got no root, you know, it will just fall away because you're not in the right place. okay, we're going to be too worried that our pleasant life on earth here isn't really working out for us. Eternal rest is not now. It is later on. Okay? So, so, join me in this. So, like a kid who gets excited that he or she is going to Disney World in a year. All right? Get this, okay? Uh, you know, they're imagining what it's going to be like. They're probably already planning out what they want to do, who they want to meet, what rides they want to go on, what attractions they want to see. And, and, and they'll think more and more and more about it the closer and closer and closer you get to it, right? Um, uh, uh, you know, and, and you'll just get more and more excited. Let's be the same with heaven, with being with God, okay? With our promised rest on a new earth. So, I like that picture. Um, whether you're on the front lines of missionary work or uh, where, in places where death is constantly at the door or, or whether you're just under milder threat uh, of being just teased or bullied or hated at home or work or school, uh, let us boldly, church, let us boldly, wisely and harmlessly stand as lights in the dark, as sheep before the wolves. Okay? Let us not give in to fear and pressure, but instead press ever closer into our good shepherd, Jesus. Okay? When in the fiery line, do not despair, but rejoice that God counts you worthy to suffer for his name, that you are being proved to be a true, genuine child of the living God, okay? that you have an incredible ward that, that cannot be taken away by man, that you are being shown through your suffering that you will definitely be going there. Okay? I'm going, to, I'm going to close with one last verse, and I'll, I want us all to kind of read it out. I don't know how that will work, but we'll, we'll, we'll give it a shot, okay? So we're going to, we're going to say this together. Okay, are you ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ, as I have been in the past, and I trust that my life will bring honour to Christ whether I live or, or die. I die. Amen. 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 Should we close? Closing prayer? I'll, okay, I'll close in prayer and uh, we'll give, I'll give it over to Con. Jesus, I just want to thank you thank you that you went before us. You know, this stuff is already done. You know exactly what all of this is like, all that we've been talking through. You have suffered more than anyone. You have suffered more than any of us who are in you. Not just under, not just under man, but you took on the full wrath of God for us as well. Which is a lot more terrifying than, than the persecution of man. And you've given us life, and we thank you. And, and by giving us that life, we're, 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 we're sheep amongst wolves. We're, we're in danger of being attacked, you know. But, but you are good to us, and you stay close to us. And I just pray, Lord God, that, that give us wisdom. Give us wisdom to stay close to you. Give us, give us wisdom in how to handle people and how to, how to preach about you and, 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 and tell people about your glorious good news. Let us do so with wisdom and let us do so harmlessly, Lord God, as well. Let, please work in our hearts. Help us be more rooted and rooted and rooted in love, you know, in you. Help us treat our enemies not as they deserve, you know. Just as you treated us, you, didn't, you, you treated us not as we deserved. Thank you, Lord God, and we we just pray that you continue to help us uh, when we we are out there, when we are facing trial and persecution. Be close to us, Lord God. We thank you that you, you know, we have an inheritance. We thank you there is something to look forward to. You know, we thank you there's a reward, and we thank you that you're counting us every single day more and more worthy of it, not because we have anything in in ourselves, but because of your righteousness, Jesus. So let's hold tightly to that more and more. Please grow your church more and more in quality, Lord God, as well as number. Thank you, Lord God. You are incredible. Amen. Amen.